the the show that I I wanted to bring to like share to you guys of like I I expect that y'all might enjoy this. Uh, it was a Matt Berry uh, sitcom from a couple years ago called Toast of London. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I see you're familiar. <laughs> yes. All right. Down Periscope. Disembark. <laughs> um, anybody else have anything else they want to throw in on the episode? Launch the nuclear missiles. Yeah. Um, no. Just, just having fun. <laughs> Are there codes that I should know? Is there keys that we have to turn in sequence? Dramatically open a glass door or a glass uh, cover. Shield of a button so that way you know someone doesn't accidentally drop anything it's true it's a little thing but like there's a a button on the joystick that i have like the the flight stick that Mm -hmm. has a cover that you have to flip up before you can push this button and it's it's the most powerful feeling when i'm playing a video game and like there's an enemy spaceship in front of me and I'm, I'm going to fire a missile at him, but first I got to put my my thumb upward to to knock that cover off, and then I can push down. It just makes it all the sweeter. Do you say box one going out, just like it? James Richardson, box one. Too close for missiles. I'm switching to guns. <laughs> you remember when that was on the bottom of Facebook, inexplicably? No. No? No. Wait, what? That used to be like the footer text on Facebook for some reason. Interesting. I guess Zuckerberg likes Top Gun. <laughs> this was back like when I was in college. Likes so. Top Gun. Hates facts. Did you just say loves uh, Top Gun, hates right, we'll... facts? Uh, he actually had an algorithm that showed that other people like Top Gun, so he put it on there. You know, that didn't make it into the social network. And I'm going to say that that's a, that's a missed opportunity by Mr. Sorkin. Hey, you can make right with uh, the social network, too, uh, coming to HBO Max next fall. Limited series. Limited series. Catch you up on what this wacky startup has been doing. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg is still Mark Zuckerberg. He's going to have to get a little bit more robotic in his delivery. And it's easy. You don't have to include Army Hammer because the, the twins really aren't involved at this point. That's true. And Army Hammer doesn't have a career at this point. Huh, Nick? Are you going to deny now? The Winklevoss twins should not be in the show. Yes, I agree. Oh. Whoa. No, they're like crypto bros now. They're they're on the NFT bandwagon. Yeah, we're not talking about the Winkle, the, the Winkle, Winkle Vons, as Zuckerberg says in the. Vons? You remember when he? Yeah, he purposely like mispronounces their name at. Yeah, we could bring in Kumail as the Twitter guy. I'm so interested to see that we're getting Hank Azaria as Tim Cook. It's interesting. I dig it. You dig it? Okay, I'm about it then. Also, uh, Uma Thurman's uh, Ariana Huffington is impressive. Uh, in the the trailer that we watched last week, mm-hmm. uh, like I, 
I'm pretty sure I, I'd seen the trailer before we watched it together. Obviously, I, I linked it uh, to the group, but like it wasn't until after my first viewing of it, looking up more details about like who was in it and what was involved, realizing like, oh, that was Uma Thurman. That's, that's, oh, yeah. shit. Like that absolutely like I've I, knowing what uh, Ariana Huffington sounds like. She was she was doing a very passable impression of Ariana Huffington. Uh, give me one second, two two seconds, and then. Um... No, <laughs> I won't. And you can't make me. I don't know what to do now with my life. Um, I'll be right go back. go have go do and your thing. Have fun. I'll it's okay. Back. I'll cut it all out. For that matter, I might clip this bit and make this the cold open because <laughs> we gotta we gotta get a joke in here somewhere that we can we're, start out with we're, we're uh, as an unsequitur. Unfunny right now. Everybody, just try to be a little funnier, and we'll get through this. <laughs> I mean, this is my friendship with Nick. He's always told me just to be a little funnier, and we'll get through this. John, if you could work on it, I'd appreciate <laughs> it. I try, but. This episode brought to you by uh, Montauk Brewery. Cold Day IPA for when it drops below 30. Cold Day IPA. Today's both cold uh, and, day. and a day today. Yeah, and it's India Pale outside. Well, you know, you, you need the extra hops to make sure that the beer can make the long journey from Great Britain to India when when you're right. obviously all of us as IPA fans need that hardiness in the the brew that's that's why it's so popular I thought IPA was just a marketing uh, strategy so uh, hipsters would pay three dollars more for it do you think they have a brew called Montauk Monster if not once again if they're subscribed and listening to our podcast we're giving them gems speaking of if uh, yeah if any brewery out there would like to purchase some advertising or, or possibly bring us on for some consulting stuff. We're, we're full of good ideas. And I'm usually full of beer. So it is a well-made match. Both are what you would want. And with that, welcome to John's mostly movie podcast. I'm your host, John joining me today. I have Nick Edwards. Hello. And putting it all together. Producer James. Ahoy. So I'm going to start this podcast with a question that my professor, my senior year of college, who was also a mentor to me, would ask. He would say um, it was for a directing class. So he'd want us, he would want to know what we were obsessed with for the week. And he would try to encourage it to be something outside of directing and acting. Um, so for here, I'm going to pose the same question, but I'm going to encourage it to be something in the vein that's not TV, film, or movies, because we'll get to a lot of what we're obsessed with in that. But for the week, what are you obsessed with? I fell down the rabbit hole, or a rabbit hole, uh, for the video game Astroneer. I'm really glad you did not pause longer in the beginning of that sentence, because you said, I fell down, I was like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I was worried. That <laughs> yeah, we, we both were like, you... Great storytelling because it was the right amount of pause where we both leaned in, and then you continued. And I like, appreciate well, we're both of your in. concerns. <laughs> yes, um, but apologies. Continue. A, I metaphorically fell down 
particularly an Astroneer uh, rabbit hole. Uh, Astroneer, if you're unfamiliar, is a crafting survival uh, sort of game that takes place in a solar system of procedurally generated planets, uh, and each planet has a number of uh, minerals that uh, occur naturally on the planet and gases that compose the atmosphere there. And through uh, lining out uh, tethers to carry oxygen uh, and power uh, with you as you explore these planets, uh, you can put together factories to assemble more and more complex components and craft spaceships to let you fly between planets and uh, rovers to carry things with you as you traverse the planet and I just recently crossed a, a like technology tree threshold where I unlocked the ability to craft an item that generates oxygen on my back so I can just carry this thing with me and I don't have to worry about getting back to uh, an oxygen tank or, or maintaining this system of tethers and, and exactly suffocating but like the ways in which it's it's a whole like set of chemistry and physics that interlock together because there's terrain deformation and uh two of my three worst classes in high school <laughs> terrain deformation <laughs> that neck and arm i definitely failed and dropped out of terrain definitely <laughs> yeah I couldn't even yeah, pronounce that's... it. I just said, could you drop my seventh period class, please? Um, but that's the thing that I've been uh, a couple nights in the past week or two finding myself uh, looking at the clock and realizing, oh, it's at two o'clock in the morning. I, I should go to bed. I should sleep because I have things I plan on doing tomorrow. And Astroneer is getting in the way of that. I love that. Um, what's... I'm assuming PC on the platform? It's on everything. Uh, it just recently came out on Switch. Uh, so literally, like, whatever platform you have, uh, you can play on. It is multiplayer. Ooh. So uh, I know, I believe the Xbox, PC, and I want to say Switch versions can all cross-play. Uh, but it is from that era of PlayStation releases that Sony didn't allow... Uh, crossplay stuff being written into their games so you have a console it's there for yeah. you it's out there if you've played it uh tweet at us john underscore podcast let us know if you played the game if it's keeping you up late at all hours of the night i've been there where it's it, the, the clock should say maybe like eleven forty and 12 and it's two forty. there's no one in front of that too yeah, having the experience of I'm sitting down and it's 9.45 and I'm going to get like a good hour or two in here and then I'm going to go get in bed and, and go to sleep and then realizing, oh, it's it's too late now. It's I'm going to be tired tomorrow, so what's another half hour if I just finish uh, mining this one resource or, or constructing this mission. thing that I, I need to go do the next thing that it's, it's just a series of uh, tasks that you complete that unlock additional things that you can do to let you make new things to go do other like it's it's at some point i'm going to build a hoverboard i'm i'm currently working towards unlocking like a system of stargates that you can use to teleport between planets uh all while planning out 
where I'm going to move camp. I'm eventually going to to pick a different location for my camp and, and rebase. Like, does Kurt Russell show up? <laughs> I wish. Uh, Nick, you got something keeping you up all hours of the night, or um, is your obsession affecting you differently? I have gotten back into Black Sad, which is uh, originally a comic book by a couple of Spanish creators. What's the title? Black Sad. Black Sad. By Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Guarnido. And the artist is a former Disney animator. So it is painted beautifully, but it is like a 1940s noir, but all of the people are anthropomorphized animals. Okay. And I've got three volumes of it. They released a video game recently, and I just got the video game because it was on sale. And so after playing it, I got back into the books. I just finished all the books, which I'd already purchased, and just found out they're releasing a new one. It's already out in Spain, but the American one comes out this summer, so I'm super excited to uh, continue the adventures of Detective Black Sad. If we have anybody who subscribed and listens in Spain and wants to send over a copy of Black Sad to Nick, please send us an email at emails at johnsmostlymoviepodcast.com. We would be very grateful. And possibly a handwritten translation. Yeah, that would help out a lot. We'll send you a sticker. Um, can you give a little synopsis of what it's about? Or do you prefer to leave it like that and make people fall down the rabbit hole themselves? Um, they deal with themes and uh, plot structure that you would see in movies that normally deal about the time. Like this one where, because Black Sad is a black and white cat, so he's black. And there's one where they have to fight the Arctic Nation, which is all of the white animals who think that the being a white animal is makes you a better person. Hmm. And there's one where there's a, a senator chasing down communists, and we're trying to find a, a communist artist who's on the run. It's it's beautifully done. When did it originally come out? Originally came out in the year two thousand. When did you did you first hear about it in two thousand, or when did it first come? No, it was like Spanish then. When I probably got it when it was bought by an American publisher, put out an American version, Dark Horse. So I got it in probably like around twenty ten. Twenty ten. Okay, that's amazing. Hey John, what are you obsessed with? Uh, my obsession of the week has come, I came across a Instagram account called poetry is not a luxury. Um, and I was just kind of, someone had posted a poem from it and I was looking through its post literally of a variety of different poets, art, um, authors. And there was one that kind of like crushed me a little, uh, I'll share it with you all short. It is by uh, Naomi Shihab Nye. 
Uh, it's titled Advice. My friend, dying, said, do the hard things first. Always do the hard thing and you will have a better day. The second thing will seem less hard. She didn't tell me what to do when everything seems hard. Um, and so I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of looking at different uh, little excerpts of poetry and words. Words can be very powerful. Um, so that has been um, definitely like a uh, obsession, specifically because this week I've been going through the process of making moves in other aspects of my career. And it's a balance of daydreaming and kind of manifesting into the universe what I want because it is obtainable while also staying grounded and um, prepping and preparing for disappointment because that can always be the case. Um, Kind of like a little Mary Jane from Spider-Man No Way Home. So that's uh, been me looking up different motivational quotes, different just poetry, just keeping myself balanced. Right. This is from you trying to become a successful gigolo? Yeah, there's a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, practice. So this is all what's going into my mind for practice when it comes to... You know, quality assurance. In in future iterations of this game, I want uh, you to go earlier in the rotation because now uh, my f- obsession was a video game, and Nick's obsession was a comic book, and your obsession is the concept of poetry. <laughs> I mean, I've also, on the flip side, if you need a 1B, if you want that to be 1A, because you went video game and I was like, shit. Um, I've been obsessed with The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. It has been on my mind. I'm all in on The Witcher Wild Hunt 3. I binged episode or episode season 1 and 2 of The Witcher and... The video game itself had been on my radar for a while. I actually had, um, when I was in Austin a while back seeing Nick, I walked in and he was playing it and he was just telling me about it. And I'd always heard great things about the video game and I heard how massive it was. So I watched him and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know what? I will look to get this. And at that time, it was maybe around like 40 bucks. And I was like, eh, you know, I'll wait. There's other games that I want to get. And it always was one of those ones where when it went on sale, it would end up in my cart, but I just never would pull the trigger on it. Um, And this past Christmas sale on the PlayStation Network store, it was like 10 bucks for everything. All the uh, downloadable content, the game, I was like, yeah, I have to. So I got it, but I was like, okay, I'm going to wait to play this because I know I could get sucked into this and I need to be in the right mindset where this is going to be the game that I want to play. I still haven't played the game and I need to download stuff for the plane ride. So I decided on The Witcher, which I had never finished. I had started, but it was right before right before the pandemic um, is when season one came out. And 
I just was like, I hadn't gotten around to get, uh, watching it. And when I did, I was depressed because of the lockdown. And it was like, you know, I'm not going to watch this. And it just fell to the back of the queue. And I decided to download it again because season two came out. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be trending. I want to listen to this. Maybe we'll talk about it on the pod. And I burned through those on the plane ride at home. Got my mom into it. We burned through it. Burned through season two. And I'm like, all right, I got to play this game. I play the game. I realize I know all the characters they're talking about. So I'm invested. And I'm such like all in on it. We're calling Tofu our little witcher because we have a ghost on the balcony that he will constantly run after and bark at. And so we say that he's protecting us from the wraiths and that he's our little witcher. And instead of saying toss a coin to your witcher, we say toss a treat to your tofu. Um, for he's such a good boy. If you want the full, you know, instead of O Valley of Plenty, I'll let you all. Um, he's your little white wolf. We've thought about this, but yeah. He's our little witcher. He's also very, he's the white wolf, easily. He's a little white dog. The whole thing was worth it for that little bit. I would assume Rufus has plenty of theme songs. Oh, any any uh, respectable dog parent has alternate lyrics for at least three songs that's my obsession. that are about their, their pet. Um, uh, I'm not going to share them now. <laughs> so is is your engagement with the witcher 3 the wild hunt such that this could be the like foot in the door for the conversation i assume we are eventually going to have of hey hey james let's talk about building a pc because the witcher 1 and 2 are pc exclusives and i would like to play those games also, you can play The Witcher 3, uh, like, modded so that you have Henry Cavill's face if you wanted. You? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All things are possible in PC gaming. Uh, you and my brother. Very much. Because my brother's full-on um, in PC. He had asked for a PC about uh, Christmas and a half ago, and I, was, I talked to you. I talked to a lot of people at work, and... Me and the family chipped in, got him a PC, and he has, he's all in on it. And I just need to get better with keyboard and mouse. One of these days, John, I, I want you to come over to my apartment and, and sit down at my desk, and I want you to play a video game on this uh, 144 hertz screen that I've got sitting in front of me. Um, you know what that means? It... it no, I don't. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what that means. I, I don't, but, but I can get the gist. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Can I... uh, your, your television maxes out around 60 hertz, 60 frames per second. Uh, with PC gaming, one can produce more frames per second than is typically capable on a, a console. Uh, with these new consoles, some televisions can go up to two, 120 frames a second, but still that's... Uh, televisions that do that are fewer and farther between than computer monitors that do that. But point being, uh, I, I feel like I can put something in front of you that will change the way that you think about uh, video gaming on a PC. See, the thing about it is I'm very shit with keyboard and mouse. And 
I would be the one where I could, yeah, I could use a controller and I would, but I feel like that's the equivalent to having like a million dollar sports car and slapping a bumper sticker on it. Like, see this guy right here is a uh, Microsoft Xbox Elite. Uh, I think it's the Elite Two Ooh, Elite controller. Two. That looks like an Xbox controller. It's it's it is, and I've got a dongle plugged into my uh, PC. Oh, I hate that word. So that now. Also, it, this, a right? wire run across uh, on my desk, so if for some reason wireless isn't working, I can hardwire. Uh, like, I, I I have a controller for this also, but just in the, the, the way I will say to alleviate your concern about keyboard and mouse, uh, having, over the last uh, five or six years, seen my partner's own growth in playing video games. When when Chloe and I started seeing each other, she did not play video games whatsoever. And now she is excited. No, it literally like it was a thing that I was interested in and excited about when we were dating and she showed an interest and like wanted to to try some things out, so I picked a couple games for her to try and over time she's she's developed her own interest such that now uh, she is the one that is going to be buying Horizon Forbidden West next month, uh, or, or later this month on my PS5 because she played through the first one and spent, I don't know, 30, 40 hours, uh, over the course of weekends and nights, uh, playing that game and enjoying it a lot. Beautiful. I anticipate a very lovely Valentine's Day in your future. <laughs> but my point being... Nick's like, uh, Gross. Move on from love. <laughs> My point being, uh, the way that those of us that play video games a lot and have since childhood, uh, controllers are a, a second nature. Like, oh, I know how my hands interact with this. I would be worried about figuring out how to do something else with my hands to interact with this video game. Uh, I assure you that it is a much easier ramp than you were expecting. Okay. Like I say, at some point, uh, we'll find a day for you to come over and I'll uh, put together a greatest hits in uh, PC gaming for you. Yeah, I've got a similar issue, so that's it's interesting. And when I did try playing DC Universe Online, it, it was easier than I thought. It just, controllers do seem a little simpler. But, you know, I, I, at this point, I think you PC guys keep calling us controller guys uh, D-pad is a derogatory term. I haven't heard that, really. I've never heard that. I made it up. Okay, good. <laughs> but it does sound derogatory. I'm even in the PC Master Race subreddit. Like... <laughs> yeah, listen here, D-pad. Uh, eventually, we should have a transition of John's Mostly Movie Podcast and the news. i got to figure out how that could correlate with Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, but do you all want to talk about some news? Sure. No. Nick is shaking his head no. Nick doesn't want news. Mm. Nothing on the news but the blues. Well, Yeah, the news is bad, usually. <laughs> the last couple of years have taught me anything. It's don't follow the news. Well, just like that cough syrup you took as a kid, we're about to force it down your throat. Here's the news. Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. 
opening ceremony. All-time lows, according to NBC. Um, 72, or 70, 7.2 million viewers, down from last Olympics in Tokyo, uh, which was another low, which was at 8.5. Now, to give you an idea what's normal, this is down, but I don't really know the numbers off the top of my head. 2018, uh, for the opening ceremonies, uh, 16 million. Uh, my question to you all, are you shocked? And did you, were you one of the 7.2 million who tuned in for the opening ceremonies? Point of order question, or not, I guess, point of order. What time was this opening ceremony? As far as uh, the actual live of it was at 6 a.m. Okay. on Friday. The primetime U.S. coverage, which is just the replay of it and the U.S. commentators focusing on that, was at 8 o'clock Eastern. 8 a.m. And this is all Eastern time, uh, p.m. Okay. Is the are the the numbers you're reading there? Is that like combined uh, live and evening broadcast, or just the? I'm just curious. Primetime coverage. Okay, cool. So, so that the that is coverage, uh, gotcha. the primetime coverage because I believe the live coverage just had six. People I don't know if it watching. had any. Like I think that was just on the, it was on Peacock and just their streaming service, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it had necessarily the. Um, the prime type coverage had like the narrative and all the in betweens in there right before. Um, Have y'all uh, watched any of the Olympics coverage this year? I usually don't, and I did not this time. So I okay. so I did. Uh, we watched the opening ceremonies, and it was fucking incredible as far as from a technological standpoint. The hmm. entire floor of that stadium was an LED panel, and they. Um, they had commented on how, like in um, 2008, when they, there was the Beijing Summer Olympics, how it was a spectacle and everything to it, and how they were showcasing themselves. And on this one, they said how it would be very much outside of the politics, because there is a heavy set amount of that. Um, I'm not well versed enough to heavy comment set. on it. Um, but on Take That Out, they were really trying to showcase their advancements in technology. And they used elevated platforms that came from the floor that had LED panels on in themselves. And it was a seamless, beautiful opening that um, they were showing the 24, um, I want to say, lunar phases, because they were also making a commentary on the Lunar New Year. It was gorgeous. 24 also being the 24th Winter Olympics. Um, I would highly recommend to go check it out. The flame looks also amazing. It's embedded in like a snowflake. Like, look it up and you'll see. It was gorgeous, though. It was like really from a... If you're a tech geek and love that type of stuff with lights and technology and everything to it, it's worth watching uh, for sure. Because uh, also... They were able to incorporate dancers that had um, props that interacted with the LED um, because they had ice skaters that when they were skating, the LED is able to turn um, different colors. So it really showed like 
waves or whatever picture they were trying to paint because the elevated platform because it was all leds it had the ability to look as if ice was melting right in front of you at a rapid rate and chipping off so interesting highly recommend can't wait to watch some curling um definitely not with my partner who last night told me this is the stupidest sport ever uh, very hurt by that we'll get through Maybe it back on the same page Therapy. this time I'll let her know. She'll be thrilled. So are the does Peacock just have uh, all of the events available to stream in the app? I believe so, yeah. That's, they are finally, they learned their lesson from the past one where it was yeah. a Rubik's Cube to figure out where you wanted to watch things. Um, they're all in on the Peacock. Cool. As their like primary source for streaming. Last time I, I really like actually put in effort to try to find a way to watch the Olympics and ended up watching most of it through uh, being in my dad's living room and him having cable and being able to put on whatever like sports channel it was uh, airing on. Thanks, James is dead. Yeah. I, I was hoping that uh, me seeing advertisements about it being on Peacock, that it would be uh, a nice... Uh, one-stop shop so glad to hear that seems to be the case so did you gentlemen see the meg yes in theaters yes uh we have a sequel on the way that just started shooting and the shooting title once again the shooting title is the meg 2 the trench um my question to you for a million bucks what is the better title that you can give them? The Meganing. Aladon. You got to get both of them to have the the full title. Uh, hearing the trench in the title, my I assume it's going to have to do with uh, presumably another Megalodon, if not other sorts of uh, ancient monsters coming from i would assume uh the marianas trench yeah that's the only like i can't think of any other trenches it, right it like is that's... I mean, that's that's already in the first movie oh yeah was that uh i i forgot it's it's been yeah a few that, months that's where I... these two sharks came out of in the first film yeah so they're probably just going into the trench where they discover you know godzilla i was gonna say i am hoping that this is where the meg uh cinematic universe opens up and turns into its own monster verse that uh, we're gonna get a kong skull island equivalent this one the shark's the good guy what if it's not the meg 2 and it's all a ruse for eighty thousand leagues under the sea that's f- four times as much as the original. Even deeper. <laughs> it's 20,000 leagues? Yeah. That's clearly not enough leagues. What were they thinking? Look, we're at... We're Hollywood 2022, okay? 20,000 leagues? I'm sorry, we're at 80,000, okay? It's like me talking to... Yeah. Meg uh, 2, not enough leagues. Dr. Evil, and about million and billion. Meg 2, even deeper. Those are both better titles. 
Fantastic. Uh, closing us out with the news, James. James. Yes. Y- yes. In the podcast last week, I asked you if the Cincinnati Bengals, mm. as underdogs, would win. The the football team. Against the Kansas City mm. problematic name. And they would get to choose the new team name. Yeah, and they would get to choose a new team name if they did. And you said, maybe. Do you know what happened? Uh, I, I believe the, the Bagels won. Go Bagels. Go Bagels. Uh, you can't see it right now, but James is wearing the Bagels colors. He literally has them on right now. He looks like the floor um, of the show. That's not a joke. Hotel. Cincinnati won on a walk-off uh, field goal. Um, if you have not, go look up Jer- Joe Burrow pregame. This guy walked in just wearing the swaggiest shit. Like his drip. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should have known. We should have known that he was about to go in there and upset the problematic thing. For somebody who's obsessed with the concept of words and poetry, I have no idea what you're saying. It's okay. I'll send you the link to the the account. You'll know. <laughs> Nick needs a few uh, terms to find. Um, but to give you an idea, James, because I know sports, you don't sport. So when I asked you and put you on the spot, you re- were even telling me, you know who I am, right? Um, do you know the odds that Cincinnati had to make the Super Bowl before the season started? I feel like in an earlier conversation, you may have said something like a hundred to one. Is yep. that is that accurate? Yeah. Um, they have outplayed expectations beyond. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for them. They're who I'm going for. Um, so my question to you all, I pose again. Hi, Tofu. Is that so? We have the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati. We're going to just have to have this podcast go bagels, but bangles. They are playing, James, in Los Angeles now. Mm. Typically, a Super Bowl is at a neutral site. It's somewhere it rotates for the second year in a row. The home team will be playing the Super Bowl at their home arena. This will be in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, a very high-tech, brand-new stadium. So, James? Why are they allowed to do that? It's, it's just the luck of the draw. The location is chosen in a year in advance. The loca- yeah. yeah, it's a couple of years in advance that the location is chosen. It, so there's really no prediction. Um, it's chosen, like I think, two years in advance, two or three years. James, can Cincinnati do it again? I think so. Uh, what I know about Bengal Tigers and Rams, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've plugged all the numbers into the spreadsheets. Uh, I've, I've applied all of the science that I know. Uh, we love science here. Tiger beats uh, Goat. 
So, um, if l- listen, if the tiger, uh, the Bengals, if they, they were up against like a bear, like the bears or or the lions, uh, who knows? You know, this may go another way. Or a but, cowboy. Uh, or a cowboy. Cowboys have guns. That's a thing you don't. Uh, that's why they were so uh, prolific in the nineties. Uh, in the eighteen nineties. Precisely. Ye old uh, football. When the Cowboys uh, had a, a run of... The Dallas Cowboys had a run of winning games just by shooting the competition. Which is now outlawed. In 1975, yeah, yeah. they finally got around to outlawing the guns in the game. Yeah. And Nick, what is your prediction? Go Bagels. We here at John's Mostly Movie Podcast fully endorse and say, go Bagels. Go Bagels. All right. Who's ready to return to kindergarten? Like, be the Madison style? No. no, no. Uh, maybe just like, uh, do you remember playing show and tell? I just had like a flash of anxiety. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. Oh my goodness, did not mean to trigger. Who remembers show and tell? Well, here at John's Mostly Movie Podcast, we uh, don't do show and tell, we do shows and tell. Each one of us has a show that we've been currently watching, binging, or just overall obsessing over. And we talk to the other ones about it. They might have watched it, they might not. Spoiler warning, as soon as you uh, hear a show, just know that there's the potential that we might spoil the shit out of it. And, and that goes for the both of you. If there's a, a thing that comes up here that you, as a listener, would like to skip over, poke around on your uh, podcast app. There's a chapter marker where you can just like choose the next topic if you want to skip over something, if you don't want anything spoiled. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is probably too late. You've, this would have been a good chance to let you know you can skip that Olympic stuff. No, you have to listen to that. <laughs> yep. Uh, NBC is our sponsor, and we had to mention the chapters after the Olympics happened. Hey, John, what uh, what show do you want to tell us about? Pam and Tommy on Hulu. I got through the first three episodes, and here are my initial thoughts for it. Episode two alone is worth watching this show. And this spoils nothing but everything. When I say, Nick, do you mind? Go ahead. Uh, there is a scene with uh, Tommy Lee, played by Sebastian Stan, having a conversation with his penis. And his penis talking back. Tommy Voiced Lee is talking about how Jason he is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> played by Jason Manzuka. Uh, Tommy Lee is talking about how he feels that Pamela Anderson is different. There's a different connection there, and it might be the connection of love. It is completely over the top, yet somehow very grounded in the reality of the show. And the show has a beautiful way of bringing nostalgia to life without being too... 
slapstick about it. It brings things that I never thought would be nostalgia, but also you just really appreciate. So for example, the process of needing to find things, something specific, you would have to, an item, you would, let's just say for plumbing, you would have to hit the yellow pages and hit the yellow pages and go and call and call. Now we type it into the internet, got a couple of different things, maybe just order directly from a site. Um, so you nostalgic for the phone book? No, it's just more so like the different process of things in that uh, lifetime. It really it takes place in the 90s, which is, we always think, isn't as far, at least for me as a millennial. doesn't seem as distant as it actually is. It seems not as long ago, but in reality, it's like, that's 30 years ago. That's when it was 2000s and we were like 10 years old. And we would think 30 years ago, that was the 70s. No, now it's the 90s. Yeah, no. Uh, the the fact that it takes place in 95, um, I, I found myself sort of interested in the fact that because of its timing, the, the MacGuffin that the show is about is a video that is a a tangible object. It's a, a physical thing that is stolen from their home that that someone gets a hold of and eventually like makes a bunch of copies of and it becomes digitized at some point along the way. But to begin with it was a, a physical tangible object in the nineties that now like we think about uh this sort of scandal as it plays out today it's someone cracking into uh, a place to get a video file that was already on the internet. Uh, it's it's something that everybody's everything lives online, so it's not uh, right. as which is how your actually were leaked. Obviously, um, and in addition, the performances from the trailer it could seem like they were going to be very over the top, but they really do capture the larger-than-life feel that these characters would have. Sebastian Stan and Lily Thomas um, playing Pamela Anderson. or Thomas or Colin? No, Thomas. Let me um, double-check on that. Lily James? Lily James. Lily James, sorry. Um, so the performances by Lily James playing Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan playing Tommy Lee are... N- over the top perfectly the way they need to be because the characters are grounded when they need to be in those intimate moments but they are very much it's alive in that Um, they release three episodes which really give you a great dip right into the world of inciting incident to go off of and already establishes different character arcs that we're going to see it's not just the one simple this leaked let's look at that it really shows a different perspective from each aspect of her him and the person who leaked it and the fallout from all that Um, i highly recommend it it's funny and the soundtrack is for the show is fantastic um and if you're a millennial like me, um, I 
remembered this just in tabloids being a big thing because you know my mom and all that i had a young mom you know her reading everything and then i'm pretty sure my aunt had this videotape somewhere or her friends had it never watched it though is your aunt seth rogan my aunt is not seth rogan um but pam and tommy go watch let us know what you think tweet at us john underscore podcast and that's John without an H, J-O-N. We should probably see about locking down J-O-H-N underscore podcast also. I'd like for you to try and discover there's like a bizarro us doing another rival podcast. Is, is that maybe where the like stalker review came from? <laughs> it was supposed to go to John's most of the podcast. Nick. Mm-hmm. Shows and tell. What show would you like to tell us about? I have been watching on Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus. The After Party. On Apple TV Plus. The After Party. Which is a whodunit. Uh, casting a bunch of comedians that by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And they have set up a show to where somebody gets killed. And every episode, the events are told from a new person's perspective. But each episode is a different genre of a movie. Which, John, if you haven't watched the show, you would love the first episode. Right off the bat, it's a rom-com. Starring Sam Richardson. And... The third episode is probably the best one. It's the musical. And I just got done with the most recent, which is a psychological thriller. And everyone in is really good. I already have a guess as to who the murderer is. Mm, Me too. Just, I'm... It's not... It's not hitting all the landings. It's not... I forget how that phrase is supposed to go. It's not sticking all the landings. Mm. Just, it's, like, it's not funny enough because it's stuck on its premise. And then the premise, like, the psychological thriller portion doesn't land as well because it's stuck doing comedy. And so... it it In the way that it jumps genre, it sort of reminds me of community. In that, like, at its core, it's still this mystery show that has uh humor throughout but each episode can shift the the style of uh camera work or lighting or storytelling and along with that uh delivery of the same sorts of conversations from everybody's perspective but depending on the genre of the episode the the headspace of the character telling the story is kind of yeah, but just like when Community did the, the Law and Order episode, that felt like an episode of Law and Order. Everybody took it as seriously as a Law and Order episode is, except it's about a science project being smashed. Like, it's... They knew how to balance the two concepts pretty well. And I think these guys, if it was just a musical and a whodunit, or just a rom-com and a whodunit, things would be a little bit easier. But the fact that they have got to keep going in and out of each one 
throughout several episodes and throughout each individual episode. It's just, it's a lot to work with and it's very ambitious and it is worth watching, but it could be better. But everyone in it is doing really good. Dave Franco is stealing the show for me. And uh, he's usually not my favorite actor in whatever ensemble he's in. But he's he's very good at it. I agree. John looks like he's thinking. He's never heard of a whodunit before. He's trying to figure this out. But, but who <laughs> did do it? But... Who did it? Um, no, I just those. Um, I need to see it now. It's very well said, and I'm interested. James, yes, chosen down. Uh, the show that I have been sort of mainlining uh, over the last uh, week or two is Toast of London, a show from. I believe it started in 2012. Uh, has three seasons. It's a, a BBC Four series starring Matt Berry as Stephen Toast, a stage actor in London who lives in this like strange, surreal London where like. On top of his own uh, buffoonish character and, and overacting that he's doing, uh, so many of the other characters in the ensemble are cartoon characters of what you would expect their role to be. And everything feels sort of turned up in a way uh, not dissimilar to... Uh, Tim Robinson's kind of comedy from like I think you should leave and uh, in the way that like you know, there there is a a director in the first season I believe that just is so intense in demanding perfection from his actors that it is not uncommon for him to kill them because if if you can't stop me from killing you then you're you're doing your job wrong and you're a bad actor and you then you deserve to die so like he he has multiple like actors under his uh direction who have died and all of the other actors that are involved with the production are just just shh, don't don't mention it don't talk about it because like the end result he, he gets great work out of people like the the you you can question his methods and and should should he have uh, done what he did to that man? No, but the guy who came in to replace him did amazing work. Uh, that style of just everyone else is also reacting to whatever event in an absurd way. It's a great episode. Uh, but uh, he has the the most perfect voice for voiceover work such that Chloe and I have decided now like our wish list is that if if somehow we could replace Siri on our phones with Matt Berry <laughs> if Matt Berry could read me a text message when when you send me a message John that would that would make my life complete and I would be happy for once <laughs> that would be the thing Matt Berry's um, also a singer and there's a musical number in every episode Yes, 
no, it's 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 terrific and wonderful. I we just finished the second season. There are three seasons of this, and then a sequel series, Toast of Tinseltown, which just started a couple weeks ago. I believe is uh, currently coming out. So, more to watch. Great bloody purchase. I like it. There's a an episode where he records uh, voiceover work for the Royal Navy to install on a nuclear submarine. So it it starts with him sitting in a VO booth saying, Up periscope. Down periscope. So on and so forth for a very long time. Uh, the the bits of him in the VO booth struggling with whatever script is given to him and the terrible direction that he's given from his voiceover uh, directors in that uh, studio is a gag that they keep going back to uh, perfectly. It's got one of the best theme songs of all time. You gotta, you gotta listen to that one. Uh, we'll cut that theme song in here. Abandon the vessel immediately. close this out all right i um i'm gonna pitch you all an idea okay uh nick's not a fan of it already um we're gonna do uh what i'm gonna call streaming stock so um each week so the way this is gonna go is we're gonna start out we didn't do this last month so we're gonna start it out here where we each we're gonna have to like rock paper scissors to figure out order but we each are going to select a streaming service to own as our like stock, okay? Each week, we will take a look at the most popular uh, television shows on IMDb. And if you have a television show between 1 to 10, you will accumulate X amount of points, probably like 5. And then from like 11 to 20, 4. And so on. Um, those so always change. Some shows come up. Some shows, hear me out, come down and we'll check in each week. In addition, uh, we're getting towards award season, so we'll use those as bonuses. If your show as a whole gets a nomination for best drama, best comedy, best miniseries, etc., you will get, which we can all determine, an X amount of points. At the beginning of each month, we will purchase one more stock each one more streaming service each and we and we will go up until maybe let's say the fourth of july and we'll figure out a way the winner um we'll figure out we'll put a wager on it at some point and grow this but this is i'll be tracked through a spreadsheet so is is this like fantasy football but for streaming services Maybe, except we're not playing each other. We're playing more the long game and like, it sounds like what, we're playing we think, each other. what shows will culturally. Because 
it doesn't mean like something that's at number one for IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that doesn't necessarily mean quality always. So it is. Yeah, but like if that's what we're being scored on, and popularity, game... right? Like Emily in Paris has been in the top five for IMDb for popularity. Spoiler alert. But I wouldn't say that that's. Uh... Well, then who gets to judge how many points each thing is worth then? If we're not going we'll by popularity. Whatever IMDb's ranking is. So we'll do it by IMDb's ranking. So if that week your show, we'll check the ranking live in the recording. If your show falls in the top one to ten, because it always is the week by weekly. What it's always updating. It's so are we, or not biweekly, <laughs> but like it's daily or whatever. It's updating and it includes shows that now. have not come out yet. Are we tabulating the math during the podcast? No, I'll do it before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would just write down y'all's stuff, and I'll like tabulate it. And with us, what we'll just have to um, figure out is what our point system will want. So I could think of an example, shoot it over to you guys. If you like it, great, boom. Um, and again? Do we have a list of what streaming services are available to pick? Uh, I'd say we don't. I'd say because I haven't, outside of just this as an idea, I haven't given thought as to what streaming services because obviously there's going to be big ones, but as time goes on, that's when we start picking the smaller ones because they could be having things that pop up. So we can do rock, paper, scissors. We'll each get to pick two streaming services. Um, and we'll go from there. We'll start scoring next week. And then we can also then discuss... Um, trades maybe we wager points like i'll give you x amount of my points if you trade that streaming service this is exactly this like streaming service football. yeah, yeah you're, you're talking about it like you're inventing a thing that isn't <laughs> fantasy football but this seems an awful lot like fantasy football well are we in sure i'll play this game with you i mean i'll yeah, we'll see how this goes. Producer James cutting in from the future to explain that we spent a few minutes figuring out how to play rock, paper, scissors over Zoom and eventually landed on the order of myself drafting first, then John, then Nick. James. Mm. Who are you going with? Uh, I am going to pick HBO Max. I feel like that's a a solid, it's a very solid pit. Uh, a new uh, new to the the streaming game, but pretty good at making content. Those yeah, those guys at HBO. Noise. Yeah, that's a solid pick. John, what is your first streaming service? I'm gonna take who I feel still, you know, refuses to go down. Netflix. Okay. We're gonna go Netflix. Uh, Nick. Nick. Well. You, you took the the first and second seed. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the wild card I, here. Uh, due to me and my roommate watching Miami Vice every other night, and the fact that the Winter Olympics are gonna be hot button, I'm 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 taking Peacock. 
Dang. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, we'll definitely have to figure out live TV as a bump. We'll figure that out. But uh, we'll definitely have to give Nick some. Yeah. Damn. That was. Uh, if it was still on the board, I was gonna try to. Too late. Took it off the board. All right. So James. if we're each picking two, it's back to me, right? Do y'all want to do five streaming services or just two? <laughs> Can we do, How many? Are, are there fifteen streaming services? In the yeah, history? I bet you. I bet you. Yeah, I bet you. We if, let's see if we can let's, get. To okay, I bet you a full shot right now. I can't list fifteen streaming services. How about between now and next recording, we find? Uh, I I believe there is a Wikipedia list of all of the streaming services, uh, streaming media companies out there. Uh, and like whichever can, one can, ISIS owns, that doesn't count. Formalize something up, but. <laughs> For right now, okay. just off two the top of our dome, I say we do two per, and then we add two because we're we're gonna have room to add more in the future. We'll if, yeah, because the scoring seems really difficult. So it, it, we'll pick two we'll right now. Scoring. You run the numbers, see how things work out. I'll run the numbers. If, if it's easier for you to do more, like if it if it adds more uh, pizzazz for you to be able to be like, okay, fair, 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 big big fair. Okay. Yeah, because because right now we don't really need a kicker. It's all right. So we're going NBA style round two. Okay, James. Uh, for my second choice, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take Hulu. That's a good one. I feel like you took it right out of John's hands. Yeah, I'm very curious as to what he's gonna pick. I'm very curious as to what I'm gonna pick after he picks the only other one that's a real thing. Okay, there's one, yeah, there's the only other one that's a real thing, but then I'm thinking, uh, do I want to get creative? You can get as creative oh, as you I, want. I, You're making up the game. I've, I've got a backup. Okay, I thought of another one. John is staring at his ceiling. <laughs> Eyes rolled back in his head. Yep. He sighs, holding his chin. Oh, God damn it! Ugh. Are you okay? Yeah, uh, Paramount Plus is watching in the front, crossing his fingers. <laughs> That's one that was on my list, too. Hey, uh, okay, that, so that I'll Halo be series got a trailer. Nick, Nick's the only one that's... I'm going to say mine out loud, okay? okay? I'm going to say my considerations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your considerations. Choice that I so this is not your... You're not stating... <laughs> What I'm you're not taking? My pick, but these are these are who um, as GM. Okay. Who we're thinking? Mm-hmm. We really like out the get go from just a word of mouth first thing come to mind. We really do enjoy Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. We like that. We like where they've been. We like the content they have. Um, you know, we got the boys. We have a lot of things coming up this year that could be. Yeah, but nothing right now. They let the Expanse but, uh, have an ending, which oh, I appreciate. True. You know, the Expanse, the Lord of the Rings. You mm-hmm. know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're making buzz enough to be on IMDb. Too bad the Lord popular. of the Rings uh, comes out next year and yeah. won't be a part of this game. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So we we do by popularity on IMDb. So if it's getting talked about, people, it's the searches. I'll show you. Oh, show interesting. Yeah, I'll show you the share page. Okay. Okay. So we have a little Amazon Prime action. Mm-hmm. We also have a little Apple TV Plus action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also have Paramount Plus, Yellowstone, 1883. All right. And we got a little Showtime. Little Yellow Jackets. Maybe Dexter gets renewed again. Okay. 
So where are you going to go? We're going to go Apple TV Plus. Locked in? We got to take Ted Lasso in. That's your final answer? That's my final answer. We're going Apple TV Plus. Uh, because I just said right. Disney Plus. Ooh! Oh! Boba Fett. Oh. Boba Fett. Damn it. Where? Damn, I think Nick may have just uh Yeah, that was that was stealth. And please, James, if you can find that <laughs> that sound that was a good. Oh, Alright. So to recap, we have producer James with HBO Max and Hulu. Nick coming in with Peacock and Disney Plus. That's right, in that order too. It was picked Disney Plus was left on the board, dropped down, was very upset. Nick was there saying, let's wreak havoc and win this game, and took it onto his team. Um, that just tells you that we all forgot with... that Disney Plus was a streaming service. Yeah, I think you, you and, heard uh, the moment where I realized it was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, and we have uh, me with Netflix and Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, we're going live to the War Room uh, first with Nick. Nick, how does it feel? Uh, with that pick at the end that shaked up the universe of Disney+. Plus. Uh, as far as uh, buzz, which I think is what we're going to be graded on, uh, yeah. as far as buzz goes, between Moon Knight, Boba Fett, Baby Grogu, and the Olympics, I, I think I've got this in the bag. It's looking really favorable to you, Nick. Uh, we're going now over to Producer James' camp. Uh, Producer James, do you hear us? I do. I do. Uh, Producer James, you had the first pick overall, and you went with HBO Max, followed it up with Hulu. How are you feeling? Uh, I, I feel like I am confident in H. Apologies for the dog noises in the background. Uh, oh, God. He's turning oh. into a werewolf as we speak. Oh, <laughs> Moon Knight, no! <laughs> it actually counts as more buzz for me. Uh, I am confident in uh, HBO's ability to deliver a handful of dramas this year that I don't even know about yet, uh, but will surprise and delight. And having... Uh, very quickly consumed all of Pin 15 in the last couple of weeks. I am optimistic that Hulu can give me something uh, worth talking about over the next year. I love it. So, gentlemen, what we're looking at right now are the most popular TV shows as determined by IMDb users on IMDb. Okay? This will be one metric that we will use. So if this list is updated... Every time that we're like checking in and scoring, mm -hmm. what I might suggest is a heavier weight of points. So, like, if if we're yeah, because it does, as you see, there are trends. Yeah. So, like, if instead of one through ten or one through five getting so many points, what if, what if it is like first uh, point or first one, place two. you get a certain number of points second or second to third you get a certain number of points and so on and so yeah. forth i just hit the mic oh all this is getting cut out Sorry, I, hit, I hit the shit out of my mic too so you can just mute all of me there <laughs> yeah it's uh, actually our new uh pod catchphrase i just hit the mic ah shit i um, hit the mic i'll also look to do rotten tomatoes somehow i'll figure out 
BAFTA? Uh, Dune is leading with the BAFTA knobs? Dune left, yeah, leading with the BAFTA knobs. Uh, that was such a thoroughly so so movie. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I just wish uh, we're not going to get into it. If you want to know what we thought about it, you can see it on our feed. Subscribe, listen, John's Mostly Movie Podcast dot com. I uh, am still in the process of going back and and doing transcripts for all of our episodes, but some of them have transcripts on the website. And now that I figured out how to do chapters, uh, I hope to eventually put out uh, versions of the old episodes with chapters as well. I feel like Nick's... I'm still thinking of the scoring and how Nick, I think, is about to, like, pull the rug right from under us. Oh, yeah. I, if, if I had remembered that Disney Plus was a streaming service... Uh, I think your your exclamation was in thinking that we would remember that it was, but we didn't. We did not. Well, it was that I just, I was like, oh, it's a real thing, and none of us remembered it. Oh, and and, it's, and every time John named the new one, I was like, oh, shit, he probably forgot, but I really didn't want him to say it. I better interrupt him before he gets to it. <laughs> Amazing. All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Next week, we'll, um, I'll crunch the numbers, I'll present them, let you know what factored into them, and we'll see how this ride goes. Um, next weekend is Super Bowl. Maybe, just maybe, the bagels will win. Find out by subscribing. Listen. If you have anything you want to talk to us about, the only way you'll know who won the Super Bowl is by listening. Yeah, there's to only us. one way, and it's subscribing and listening, listening to, to us. It's true. The morning before the game happens, we got it right. So we are last week. So we are one for one. That in a hundred. That's right. Uh, Come here to John's Mostly Movie Podcast for your sports uh, bet decision help. Would would you like uh, to know which sports things are going to happen? Is this your sign to bet it? Should should you uh, maybe put a fat stack down on the bagels? Betting on bets at the Super Bowl? Come to us. Hurling and curling? Come to us. We are Go Bagels. Sports Numero Uno on the Ocho. The Bagels. The Bagels. Do you have a bet to place on your office, uh, or not office, your, your the Oscars uh, nominations coming out? Who's going to win? Oh, yeah, we'll be here for that. This is not only a podcast, but also now a betting website. <laughs> Yeah, I actually just lost some money on, on the way this podcast went. The over-under on recording time? <laughs> We're sorry. All right. Thank you all. Rufus is saying we need to get off the call. <laughs>
Rufus, no ma'am. All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you.